0: One hundred and five. Let's do this. The Employment Hour. Leor is here. We're ready to take your calls. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Star six forty on cell. And it's always Leor at employmenthour dot com. And you can call this number as well anytime. The toll free. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well, getting excited for the holidays. How Excellent. about you?
0: Excellent. Yes, sir. It's uh, officially winter as of this afternoon, and it's going to be 10 degrees and rainy for uh, Christmas Eve. So <laughs> yeah. an interesting bag of weather. That's but, right. Uh, there you go. doesn't uh, negate the fact that people uh, this time of year, you know, or at least early next year, sometimes... Um, we hear about uh, what they call temporary layoffs, but we'll get to that uh, soon. But we always start with the week that was, right? How was That's
1: it? right, Johnny. So uh, let me talk a bit about the week that was, a couple situations that I've dealt with. Uh, one of them is actually quite uh, interesting and uh, entertaining, but it does uh, send a very uh, important message. So you may be in one of these situations. So uh, take take the advice I'm going to give now and give us a call if there's any questions. So in the first, uh, matter, I'm going to talk to you about uh, th- this gentleman had uh, worked for a company for uh, six years and he was let go. Well, what did he do? Uh, He didn't call me. What he he did instead is he went on an online message board. There's a message board, I forget the name of the website, usually used by people that are looking for good deals on various matters, and they may go online and post, you know, Mm -hmm. you know where there's a good deal on an iPhone or something. So he went online on that message board, and he said, you know, I was let go, and I was offered 15 weeks uh, severance after six years. Uh, What do you guys think of that? Uh, And he got a ton of responses, maybe 40, 45 responses, From uh, people all over the province, some out of province, giving him all kinds of advice. Uh, Well, yes, it's good. No, it's not. They owe you this much. They owe you that much. Every person had a different opinion. Of course. Well, one person, though, said, well, why don't you use this severance pay calculator? I I found it online, uh, severancepaycalculator.com, and I plugged in your information, and this says you should be getting around eight months of severance, so check it out. So that's what he did. Because of that uh, advice given on the message board, he went on the severance pay calculator and he found out, wait a second, it says eight months severance. I was off for 15 weeks of severance. Mm -hmm. Huge difference. Uh, And from the severance calculator, he contacted me. I had a chat with him and I I, I confirmed the information found out some more about him, about his job, uh, his compensation, his age. And yes, indeed, he was easily owed a lot more than 15 weeks, right around 8 to 9 months of severance. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm, I'm in the midst of working with him, and I expect to be done with this in the next uh, 2 or 3 weeks and, and get him his full severance. And and it was just very entertaining how he got to me and how he got to the severance calculator through a posting, through some word of advice uh, on the message board. But what was really interesting about that also, John, was, how many people had so many different opinions and, uh, about, about his entitlements, which is really why we're doing this show, because there's so many misconceptions out there. There's so many half-truths. So we, we really want to give people the straight goods. Uh, and in this case, luckily, he, he one of the 45 people gave him the right information, which is to use the severance calculator, and he contacted me. And it's one of 50,000
0: people that realized that this thing, of course, it's the opinions of the ignorant. This thing actually does work. It works. It's cool.
1: It works amazingly well. I'm very proud of it, and I encourage everyone to use it. Now, tell you about the second matter briefly. Uh, this uh, this uh, gentleman had worked for a company since uh, 2000, started in 2000, but in 2009 he quit. Uh, he found a job uh, with another company, decided to take it. Now, fast forward about six months later, so still in 2009. Uh, the company he used to work for, the first company, went to him and said, listen, come back to work for us. We've made some changes. We really want you on our team. Mm. And they recruited him to come back to the company. Uh, same position, same salary, same vacation entitlements. Uh, he comes back. Well, and now in 2014, December of 2014, company lets him go. That company then takes the position, well, you're a five-year employee now, mm-hmm. 2009 to 2014. So the severance we're going to pay you is based on five years. Uh, and he calls me up and it says, well, and he's, he's give me all this information. And then he says, and he tells me about the fact that he worked from 2000 to 2009 as well. Well, guess what? In the eyes of the law, he is considered to be a 14-year employee from 2000 to 2014, not a five-year employee. And there's a several reasons for that. Number one, it's the fact that the gap in employment was very short yeah. relative to the overall length of employment, six months in a period of about 14, 15 years. So, so uh, that's number one. The other uh, reason is the company went and got him back to return, and they really hired him into the same position. So they ex- uh, implicitly acknowledged the fact that he wasn't a new employee, right. that he had previous employment, and really he just continued with his employment rather than start new employment. So really what this means is this guy is now a 14-year employee, so his severance is going to be calculated on that basis. It's probably going to be three times more than what it would be if he was only a four- or five-year employee. Nice. So as a result of that, again, I'm working with him, should resolve that fairly soon. So remember that with respect to past employment, in many situations, your full history of employment is going to count towards your severance and not just your most recent uh, stint. So had it been a year, maybe two years... It would have been considered. It would new. be uh, m- yeah. m- m- much more difficult. In this yeah. case, six months it was a no brainer.
0: 416 870 6400, star 640 on sale as well. Uh, Leord, employmenthour.com. And his number anytime, 1 821 5900. Take a short break. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Want to get into uh, some temporary layoff talk because people uh, still believe that's uh, exactly what it is. First, so we always go to the phones eight seven zero six four hundred star six forty on cell. Got uh, Lena. Hello, Lena. Hi there. Good. How are you? Got a question I'm for Sav- uh, for uh, Lior. Savan's already okay. gone. Sorry, you've got to talk to Lior. Go okay. ahead.
2: So, um, where do I start? There's three companies that are emerging, and I've been with one of them for six years. So I have a contract of employment for six years, and now I've been offered a new employment offer, which I don't really agree with. They've changed my title. There's no job description. They're asking me to relocate, and they are telling me if I don't sign this by January 1st, mm-hmm. then I'm not employed anymore. Okay. So I wonder to know what my options are.
1: Now, uh, relocation, let's start with that. How far are they going to relocate you?
2: I think it's it, um, not too far. It's within Toronto. Within downtown
1: toronto so uh, it, is it going to impact you in terms of commute in a significant yes. way
2: yes for me yes
1: okay how much was it would it change in terms of you know would it add another half hour a day an hour a day what um, would it add
2: there and back would be about 40 minutes
1: extra to more than what you were driving yes. before yes okay and ch- your job would change as well in terms of your uh, your responsibilities do I you know
2: leave yeah i've been demoted like Mm. on the title, and they don't have a job description for me okay. and the employment offer. So,
1: so here's concerned. here's the thing, uh, Lena. Ultimately, if the employer is offering you a job that's substantially similar to what you had before, uh, and you don't accept it, they they can let you go. And you, in that case, you're not going to get your full severance. You're only going to get a part of your severance. Uh, on the other hand, if the job that they're offering you is not substantially similar, so in this case it sounds like it's probably not, given it's a different role, a lower role, and uh, relocating you that's going to add to your commute, mm-hmm. and if you don't decide not to accept, then your employment can be terminated, but then you get your full severance. There's no way to stop the company for letting you go. Now, in your situation, you've been there for six years, and, and what kind of job? What do you do?
2: Executive assistant.
1: Okay, and uh, how old are you, Lena?
2: Uh 34.
1: So you'd probably be looking at right around a month per year, so six months of severance is what I would assess you at, unless, of course, you signed a contract of employment with the the first company that limits that. So if you were to be correct in not having to accept this job given the fact that it's very different, then they'd owe you six months of severance uh, potentially. What I want you to do, though... I, I want you to contact me off air, and it's very important, because number one, I want to understand more the differences between the old job and the new job. Okay. Number two, I want to see any, a copy of any employment agreement that you may have signed six years ago when you started working. Uh, but ultimately, this comes down to uh, whether you want to accept the job, and if you don't accept it, whether the job that they've offered is very different than the one that you had. Uh, but in no way are they allowed to let you go without any severance. Even if the job is the same and you just don't want to accept it, they still would have to pay some severance. Sounds good. Okay, so please give me a call. Link to that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine
0: hundred again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred even forty minutes is enough that seems like I mean it's twenty minutes each way
1: yeah you know I mean in and of itself it may not be but if right. you tack that on with a demotion for example yeah. that may may absolutely rise to that level uh, which is why I said I really want to understand better the difference between uh, the, the old job and the new job uh, remember though John. The, the new company can decide to uh, to let her go. It's just a question of what severance she's owed. 416-870-6400, star
0: 640 on sale. We mentioned getting into uh, temporary layoffs. Uh, a, what is a layoff, and how is it different than, say, regular termination of
1: employment? Okay, so before we even talk about temporary layoffs, you know, let, let's clarify a few things. People uh, think that there is a, a difference between the word layoff and the word fired. So a lot of people uh, may think that... Uh, well, I, you know, if I'm laid off, it means that the company decides to let me go uh, and, and I did nothing wrong, whereas fired, they're letting me go because of something bad that I did. That, the, the law doesn't distinguish in, in, in that sense. The law mm-hmm. does not really use the words uh, layoff and fired in that sense. So when we talk about losing your job, we're talking about a termination of employment, and there's two terminations, with cause, in other words, you did something awful, or without cause, which means you didn't, and the company still decides to let you go. Now, what we, we do talk about layoffs is as relates to what we call potentially temporary layoffs. Right. And that is a situation where a company lets an employee go for a period of time with the idea or the plan to maybe bring them back at some point. Uh, and I see that a lot. And a lot of companies, unfortunately, are going to be doing that now early in the new year right. when uh, they, they've just uh, closed their financial year and they say, well, we don't know how this year is going to be. So let's temporarily lay off someone or a few people, a lot of people, and, and you know, for three months, four months, six months, and then see how business is. And so you may fa- be faced yourself with a temporary layoff situation. And a lot of employers, a lot of employees, think that is legal. That that is something that an employer is allowed to do. They well, can't do it. And, and as you, as wow. we've talked about before, an employer is not allowed to lay off someone temporarily. A temporary layoff is a termination. If the employee chooses to treat it as a termination which means the employee can say no I'm not going to accept this temporary layoff so if you're not letting me work now that's a termination you've let me go you have to pay me severance and I don't have to sit at home for 6 months waiting and hoping that maybe you'll call me back
0: 416-870-6400 star 640 on so we got time for a call I'll take a break got time for a call Yeah, good I'd like to bounce over to uh, Pat hello pat
3: hi guys thanks for taking my call no worries go ahead um similar to your last caller um I started with the company that I'm working for now. About three years ago, as a service technician, uh, a year and a half in, I was promoted to a network maintenance technician. Uh, different type of job. Um, as of last week, uh, I've been the position I'm in now has been terminated. It no longer exists. Yeah. Um, and I'm. It's just assumed that I'm going to go back to the original job. Uh, less money. About probably 25 percent less money. I'm just wow. wondering. Um, is there anything, or do I just have to accept
1: that? Or excellent question, question. Pat. Yeah. No, absolutely excellent question. So, uh, because the demotion back, if you will, to, to the old position is going to come with su- it's such a significant demotion in the sense that twenty five percent. Man, that's a lot of uh, of money. It's a big, big difference. You don't have the legal obligation, arguably, to accept that. Which means, if you don't accept it, uh, uh, and and they ref- say, well, too bad. That's what we're doing anyway you can treat your employment as being terminated. That's what we call a constructive dismissal. Uh, which means that you are allowed potentially to leave and still require the company to pay you severance. So ultimately, the choice would be between continuing in this position, and that now becomes your new job, that old old position, or yeah. leaving with severance. Now, one thing to keep in mind is this. If you accept this old position, now you're making 25% less, and a month later, they decide to let you go, okay? At yep. that point, the severance that they're going to they're gonna have to pay you is going to be calculated on the basis of this lesser income, the 25% okay. less income. Okay. Whereas severance that you're going to get right now, is going to be calculated on the basis of, of the, uh, of the, the higher income, income, of the yeah. increased income. Mm-hmm. So a very big difference. Now, uh, th- there's one other thing that may factor into the, the decision, is, and that is whether three years ago when you started or a year and a half ago when you were promoted if you sign an employment agreement that may change the assessment. Otherwise, you could easily be entitled right now to six months of severance. So my advice, as as it was with the previous caller, give me a call off here. I'd like to find out more about the changes, the timing, as well as see a copy of any employment agreement that you signed over the last three years. And on that basis, Pat, I'll be able to tell you for sure what your options are and what you can do and what you're owed.
3: Okay. uh, There's one more facet that I should bring to your attention, and that is uh, our company is unionized. Now, how does that change
1: anything? How about everything? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I I, I, that, I, that might have, an. It, uh, you know, probably should, I should have asked that right off yeah. the bat. Ultimately, if you're unionized and you know, everything I said doesn't necessarily apply in a unionized environment. Okay. Uh, to the extent that the employer may or may not be able to do what you just described has everything to do with the collective agreement. So the only one you can speak to is the union. But ultimately, even if uh, if the employer is allowed to do that uh, and you decide not to accept, only the union can help you and you're not going to be owed severance. So in a unionized environment, a whole different ballgame, the only one that can help you is the union. And the answer is in the collective agreement somewhere.
0: We're good. Uh, regardless, good call, Pat. Appreciate it. More calls coming through us. Send them our way, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You can email Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And his number anytime, 1-855-821-5900. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. And if you need to get a hold of Leor outside of this hour, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the uh, number you want to use. Got Adam here. Hello, Adam. Welcome to the show. Hi, Adam. Adam. He- oh, Adam. I think gone. we He's lost Adam. Adam's out of there. He's in the archive. So we're talking about uh, temporary layoffs before we took a phone call on the break there. How often
1: do you see it? Because we get a lot
0: of phone calls, right? And people say it all the time, right? How often do you see temporary layoffs?
1: Yeah, and then very, very, very often. And, you know, sometimes I I see, you know, a whole week and the person or two people every single day with temporary layoff situations. Uh, And, you know, it's not almost... And there's a reason for that, and the reason for that is the government perpetuates this misconception that the temporary layoff is, in fact, allowed, but it's not. Employers believe that they can lay someone off temporarily, Uh, and employees believe that they can be laid off temporarily, where, in fact, they can only be laid off temporarily in one of two situations. Either there's a contract of employment that says, we have a right to lay you off temporarily, that's one, and I can tell you, by the way, that almost no contract of employment says that, very rare, Number one. And number two, if there's a past record, past history of temporary layoffs, so if I've laid you off temporarily before, called you back, you allowed me to do that, I've gained the right, arguably, to do it again. Uh, But if that hasn't happened, then no, there's no right to lay someone off temporarily, and I see that all the time. And people are uh, very, very distraught because they just found out that they're uh, they're not going to be working now. They're not going to be earning any income. And what do they do? Do they look for other work? Uh, do they get severance? Do they just sit at home without any income? So it's a huge problem. How do they make? How, how do you advise
0: they make that decision if they're faced with it?
1: You know, it's 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 a very uh, tough situation sometimes, and it's very individual in the sense that some people uh, honestly believe that their employer is going to call them back. Uh, and then they've had a long, good relationship with the employer and they trust that employer. So in that case, we may be willing to give the employer some more leeway and say, okay, we'll wait and see if the employer calls the employee back. But in situations where that that, that trust doesn't exist or the employee doesn't believe really that the employer is going to call them back, they're just hoping that the employee is going to go away. I say, well, why why wait for that? You're entitled to severance now, right now, today. So let's uh, let's pursue that. Let's m- move ahead and get you that severance so you can move on, get paid, look for another job, and not sit at home hoping and, and keeping your fingers crossed that in six months from now, maybe he'll call you back to work, uh, which may, may or may not happen. So how much uh, compensation does a person in that situation get? The amount of severance that a person gets is a result of the temporary layoff is the same as in any uh, employment dispute any and uh, any termination so the amount of severance is going to be dependent on the length of employment age and position so the longer you work, the older you are and the more senior a position you have, the greater the severance. So just to clarify, John, we're not okay. talking about a, a week of severance for every year of no. service or two weeks. In most cases, almost all cases, it's significantly higher than that. So a temporary layoff is treated as in any other termination without cause, which means the employee gets their full, complete, uh, total severance. If I am uh, an employer and I want to, you know, lay someone off temporarily, what do I do? Well, the the best thing you can do, probably the only thing that you can do, is have a a, a new contract of employment, enter into a contract of employment, an agreement with the employee that gives you explicitly the power to do that. The best time to do that is at the beginning of the employment relationship. So if you're hiring an employee and you think at some point you may want to have the flexibility to lay them off temporarily, you know, not forever, just for a temporary uh, amount of time, then you need to have a contract that says that. I'm surprised how many employers, most employers in my experience, don't bother doing that. The contracts that I draft, my employer clients do say that. A lot of employers don't have that. So that's the best advice. Uh, and and anything else, if you lay off someone temporarily, you could be, found yourself to have wrongfully dismissed them and have to pay them severance.
0: Would this be more akin to those who run uh, seasonal businesses? yeah pool cleaning in, landscapers
1: you know in a, so if i'm running a seasonal business so i i i'm cleaning pools fine that's my business i'm, I'm a, a pool cleaning company it's almost understood that i'm not going to have business uh you know during the winter months mm-hmm. i'm not going to have business from december to april because no one has pools and all the pools are are closed yep. so in that case if i'm hiring a pool cleaner and i'm laying them off between december and, and april that person arguably can be laid off because there's an implied term. That's the okay. job. Your yep. job is to be working you know, from spring into fall, and that's that. Uh, you couldn't have expected when you when you took on the job that you'll be working in the winter as well. So in that situation, that employee may not actually be entitled to severance. But unless you're working for a company that's inherently seasonal, by definition, they'd have to lay you off. Unless that's the situation and you are still laid off temporarily... You're entitled to seven. 416-870-640-star 640
0: on cell. Give us a call. If you've got questions, we got another half hour to answer as many as we can. Also, 1-855-821-590. 821 5900 is Lior's number anytime. And uh, I'll give you the email as well. Lior at employmenthour.com. You can write him a quick letter. More coming up here on the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML. One thirty-two on your sunny Sunday. Let's uh, get into this, Lior. We always talk about uh, contractors, dependent, independent, all dependent. D- just describe the situation for me. What right. Is jo- it?
1: So uh, you know, a lot of times, and God, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this, and we've seen this on the show a bunch of times over the past year and a half. Uh, situations where people are acting formally or treated formally as independent contractors. Mm-hmm. So you may uh, not be, uh, you you don't have taxes taken off your pay, you pay your own taxes, but you work for one company, you do work for them uh, out of their offices, or even not out of their offices, but just for one company. And uh, but you believe you're an independent contractor. Well, guess what? The law oftentimes is going to consider you to be an employee despite the fact that you call yourself an independent contractor or someone else calls you that. The law doesn't care what you call yourself or what someone calls you, okay? All the law cares about is the reality on the ground. Mm-hmm. So if you look like an employee and act like an employee, then you're, you're an employee. So if you work for one company out of their offices doing their work uh, and that's where you earn all your income from, then guess what? That that means you're an employee of that company. And why is that important? Why is that distinction important? The distinction is important because if the relationship ends, you want to be able to get your severance. Mm-hmm. If you really are an independent contractor, if you're in business for yourself, you're not going to be entitled to severance. On the other hand, if you're really an employee, despite calling yourself or being called someone else, then yes, you are an employee, You get an uh, you get your severance. So very, very important. Now, I'm not going to talk today more about that distinction, but I, will, I do want to address another topic, and that is that it's not simply a question as between, are you an employee or are you an independent contractor? There is a third category that many people fall uh, into, okay. and that is a, a category called a dependent contractor. Okay, so that's between an independent contractor and an employee. A dependent contractor is someone that's not closely connected enough to the company to be an employee so they don't necessarily work exclusively for the company they won't necessarily work from their offices uh, etc but because they earn almost all or substantially substantial portion of their income from a one company they're dependent on that company so they're a dependent contractor so if you work maybe for more than one company but mostly earn your income from one company you're a dependent contractor and what does that mean that means that if the employment, or sorry, if that position ends, the relationship ends, you're going to get severance. You're going to be treated almost like an employee from a severance standpoint. Wow. So it's not just uh, employees that get severance, dependent contractors, people that are actually not employees at law, but because they're financially dependent on one company, they earn you know, most of their income from that company, the law is still going to consider them uh, as being entitled to severance. Example. Well, an example could be, uh, maybe I'm in a, in a sales position, John, and uh, or, or in a marketing position, and I have several clients. I have three clients uh, that I work for, three companies, but one company is really my big client. Uh, I, I earn 90% of my income from that company. I spend most of my time, and, and everything else that I do is much smaller and I've been doing this for a while, and if that that relationship ended, if that one company that gives me 90% of my business decided to end the relationship, it would be a huge deal for me, because I'm going to lose 90% of my business. Well, at that point, I'm arguably considered to be a dependent contractor of that company, which means they can certainly end the relationship, but they're going to have to pay me almost the the same severance they would have to pay me as if I was an employee, because of this dependent relationship that I have with them. The flip side of that is, so if I have Three clients, but you know, I I do 30% of my business here, 40% of my business there, 20% of my business there. I'm not really financially dependent on any one company. Then I'm an independent contractor of these companies. So if they want to end the relationship, any notice, any severance I get is going to be minimal.
0: How about uh, like a real estate agent? That just kind of popped into my head because they kind of do their own thing. They're making their own money. They're in sales. Yet they're working for a company, supposedly.
1: Yeah, and um, excellent question. And man, uh, there have been many, many fights on this issue, and I've done a few of them myself. Usually, if you're a real estate agent and you're working for one brokerage company, and that's what mostly happens. You're not going to work for, one, for for more than one. You're probably an employee of that company because you're obligated to use their name. You're obligated to use their their materials, their marketing materials, uh, promote yourself as being part of that group. Uh, there's very little that you can do on your own. The fact that you're still out there trying to hustle up business uh, independent of what the brokerage house does doesn't change the fact that you're probably an employee. So for their average real estate agent, they're probably not even a dependent contractor. No kidding. They're employees. probably employees. Wow. And mo- many of them, and, and I'm, I don't think I'm going to be shocking anyone to, when I say this, many of them are actually treated as independent contractors. And in a, a lot of cases, that's wrong. So that's a potential huge liability for, for, the, for the real estate brokerage company. 416
0: 870 star 640 on sale. If uh, a company lets a dependent contractor go, what is their obligation? What do they owe them?
1: So, first of all, you know, a company should always determine whether the the person working for them, if he or she is an independent contractor or a dependent contractor. So, ask yourself some questions. How many hours does this person work for us? Does this person have other clients? Do we know? Do we know how much business uh, does he get from us versus someone else? Because you have to decide or, or try to determine whether this person is an independent contractor or a dependent contractor. If the determination is made that the person is a dependent contractor, then you have to look at the factors you would if this person was an employee. Length of um, length of relationship, age, the type of job. Yep. How long should it take this person to replace the income that you're paying them? And on that basis, you'd have to pay them severance. So it's going to be almost identical, maybe slightly less only than what you would give this person if an employee. So if an employee would get 9 months severance, maybe the the... Uh, the dependent contractor is going to get eight or seven, but it's not going to be a huge difference. It's still going to be a heck of a lot more than a week uh, or, uh, or two weeks per year of service. So and, and companies should be aware of that. It's not enough to say, well, we don't withhold taxes. This person is an independent gotcha. contractor. So uh, off they go. It's not that simple. Got uh,
0: Chris on the line. Hello, Chris. You have
1: a question for Lior. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Hi. How's everyone today? Good, pal. How are you?
3: Good, good. just wanted to touch base again, Uh, kind of it piqued my interest when you were talking about real estate agents and uh, working for the company. Can you sign away, in conflict, if you are indeed deemed an employee of the company? Can you sign a contract with the company saying you're an independent contractor? Or does one supersede the other?
1: Excellent question, no, Chris. So let's say you otherwise would be an employee, but you sign the contract, says, "I'm absolutely not an employee. I'm completely an independent contractor." Right. That contract is not worth the paper it's written on. Really? I eh? Cannot wow. agree to change the law. Again, it's a question of substance over form. If you're in fact are an employee based on all the factors, you work for a company, you're you're using their tools and materials. Uh, then as a result of that, you're really an independent, uh, you're an employee, not an independent contractor. Otherwise, think about it this way, Chris, everyone can be an independent contractor. I'm going to go hire uh, someone to work at McDonald's and just have them sign a contract saying that they're independent contractors. It doesn't work that way. What a contract says in that sense is irrelevant. Perfect. Makes perfect sense. That's
0: a really good question, by the way. You want to take uh, i got time for a while. We'll take a quick break. Take a quick break. Or you want to take the call? Take a quick break. All right, we've got more and more call coming through. You want to uh, throw one at us for, uh, for sure, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And email Leor at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the show coming up right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 143, uh, take it up to 2 o'clock. Get to some phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Got uh, Brian. Hello, Brian.
3: Hello, how are you this afternoon? Good,
0: man. How are you? Got a question for Lior. Go ahead.
3: Well, I actually I fit into the discussion per uh perfectly. I work for the uh, company that contracts directly with my local LNIH and the, through the CCAC and we're on one year renewable contracts or actually not renewable contracts. And uh, mine is up in uh on uh, uh in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't entered into discussions yet. This uh, my my company supplies me with one hundred percent of my uh, referrals as a, as a, as a, I'm sorry, as a physiotherapist. Right. And um, the, the the scuttlebutt through the through the company was taken over by another company in the last two years, and there the the feeling is is that they're just like trying to winnow out the older. Um, contract uh, uh, people to get uh, new hires and new people out of schools at a lower rate because everybody's their own contract. I I don't know what everybody else's contract is, right?
1: Right. Now, how long have you been working with this company?
3: 20 plus years. Well, in three incarnations, one company took over another company, took over another one 20 years.
1: So listen, I'm going to make it very easy Brian. Uh, you're considered in the eyes of the law to be an employee irrespective of, of how you've been taxed, even irrespective of any title, irrespective of what you've signed, okay? which means that if now your, your relationship is not going to be renewed, if you're not going to continue working with and for this company, they're going to owe you severance, and they're going to owe you severance on the basis of 20 years uh, of, of employment. Now, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they would say, well, you're an independent contractor perhaps, or, or uh, someone that doesn't really get severance, so we can end the relationship with you right now or maybe give you a couple weeks notice because we're nice guys, and that's that that would be wrong. Someone in your situation, I mean, easily, even without knowing too much about your age, I could tell you probably be looking at, you know, 15 to 20 months of of severance right there. So ultimately, you know, you you should see where where things go. If they're going to continue the relationship with you, if, as you say, they want to kind of get rid of the the older crowd, they can do that, but they have to pay severance. But remember, they're going to probably treat you as not being an employee. And from a legal standpoint, that would be completely wrong.
3: All right. Thank you for the advice.
0: No worries, Brian. The number you want to keep uh, on your hip for sure if uh, it comes down the pike like thats two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. is 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. We got, uh, I want to get a few emails. headless coming through. Uh, Leor at employmenthour.com, by the way. This one from Hank says, I was let go after eight years of working for a company. The company gave me notice. That I will be working until the end of January. Do I have to stay till January? And what happens if I don't stay?
1: Yeah, no, and then you know, wow, uh, thank you for that question because I get questions like that quite often. People call me or email me with those questions where an uh, employee says, I've gotten notice, but what happens if I don't want to work there? Because it's not very comfortable. You, you told me I'm going to be gone in a month or two months. I don't really want to work I don't for want you to anymore. Linger. Yeah, I mean, do I have to do it? Can I just leave? Well, the the short answer is, yeah, you absolutely can leave if you want. There's nothing legally preventing you from leaving. The only thing is, are you walking away from severance that you're owed? So in, in Hank's situation, uh, if they gave him, say, a couple of months of notice, uh, they would owe him significantly more severance at the end of that, potentially another you know eight or ten months of severance at the end of that. So if he quits before the end of January, before the notice period has ended, then he gives up that severance. Not so that's good. the problem. No. If he doesn't care about that severance, okay, that's his right he can leave today. Otherwise, my advice would be, no, no, work till the end and get that severance. And if the company has not said that they're going to pay that severance, or maybe they don't realize that they owe you that severance, well, guess what? Surprise, surprise. That's when you give me a call. I'll help you to do that. But I can only do that if you haven't quit. So my advice, don't quit. Let's make sure you get your full severance, okay? And then only once you've received your full severance, you can move on. The number, 416-870-6400, star
0: 640 on sale. Cheryl, emailed, says, my employer. Wants to send me for a weekend course. The cost is 800 bucks, and the company wants her to pay for it. She says, do I have to pay for it? And uh, can the company, if I say no,
1: what can they do? Yeah, and, you know, interesting question here. Uh, ultimately, can they make her? Well, they can't in the sense that they can't take money out of her check uh, and, and to pay for the course. That said, the company may choose to say, well, guess what? Uh, If you don't pay for it, then we're going to let you go. They can do that. They would have to pay your severance. Mm -hmm. That's a termination without cause. And why can they do that? They can do that because the rule, John, as you know, is that the company can let someone go for any reason as long as they pay severance. So in this case, the reason would be Well, you didn't pay for the training uh, that we asked you to do, so we're going to let you go. That's not a very ethical thing to do. I'll I'll say that, not even a professional thing to do. But from a legal standpoint, a company could do that. So what I say is in this situation, no. Can they make you do that? No. Can they punish you in the sense that let you go without severance? No. But ultimately, they may say, we're going to let you go. Otherwise, I doubt they would, uh, but that's the best answer I can tell you. You don't have to pay for it. Otherwise, it may become an issue of severance. We'll get to one more, kind of a bit of a lengthy
0: email before we take uh, one more break here and hopefully get to some phone calls. Sean says, uh, by the way, it's Lior, L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com. I work as an executive assistant to the president of the company over the last year. I've worked, uh, I've had to work extremely long hours, sometimes as many as 60 hours a week. And when I asked for overtime recently, I was told that I don't get it because I'm on salary. And then a week later, the company let me go for no reason, with a two-week severance. That's what he got. Is there anything I can do? So lengthy employment, overtime hours, and week
1: severance—basically, well, yeah. No, th- there's a you know th- there's a saying that John, I think you've coined, and that is a, a whole ball of wrong. Yeah, you got uh, it. So so that that's what's going on here. So f- let's kind of break this down a bit. First of all, uh, a company cannot let an employee go because that employee asks for overtime that's owed to them. Even if the overtime is not actually owed and they ask for it, they can't be fired for that. That's what we call a reprisal. It's a violation of the Employment Standards Act here Mm. in Ontario. That's illegal. Now, first of all, if if this this person does work uh, 60 hours a week or so... Obviously, they're owed overtime. In fact, they're owed overtime for any hours worked more than 44 hours a week. So, number one, this person's owed overtime. Number two, and by the way, potentially can go back for two years to get that overtime. So, there could be a lot of overtime over two years. That's number one. Number two, uh, the termination itself is illegal. Number three, probably the biggest one, maybe, and that is the fact that two weeks would not even be close. This no. person would be owed a heck of a lot more than than two weeks notice or two weeks severance, uh, several months uh, severance. So as a result of that, uh, everything that the, the, the employer could have done wrong, and in this case, the employer did wrong, uh, illegal in many respects. So I would hi- highly urge this person to give me a call off air or maybe I'll, I'll email back. Uh, because we need to talk about it. The amount of compensation out here could be quite significant. And that number off
0: air, by the way, is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And you want to give us a call in the last uh, segment coming up here, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star 640 on sale. And Leor did uh, throw his email out there, Leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the show coming up right up until 2 o'clock on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Bounce over the phones and take a call. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the show. How are you?
3: Hi, hi, John. How are you? I'm good. 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 You got a question um, for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, I do. It's it's re- with, with uh, regard to my wife. Um, she's an executive. She's a, a senior director for a company, um, and she works. And she's She's salaried, salaried just a little over a hundred thousand a year. But the hours that she's expected to put in, and I mean expected to put in, like mm-hmm. we're talking, like leaving the office regularly between. 6, 7, and often as late as 8 o'clock at night, and she's often working at her uh, desk at, at home um, well late into the night after the kids go to bed. And, and I just heard your previous conversation with somebody saying that uh, that person had requested overtime. And I, I, I didn't realize that that was something that was even feasible. I thought if you were salary, it was, that was fixed. Good question.
1: Were, so, Mike, here's well, the thing. It's not salary. Salaried employees absolutely get overtime. The reason your wife wouldn't simply is because she's a manager. A manager is exempt from overtime. So someone that's a, I think you said she's in an executive position. She's exempt yeah. from overtime. If she wasn't a manager, but she was just on, on a salary, she's making 100000 or 50000 and what have you without being a manager, then she would absolutely be entitled to overtime for any hours work more than 44 hours a week. The exemption is for managers, so if she is a manager, unfortunately the law doesn't protect her in respect to hours of work, so there's not any overtime that that she can claim unless there's a contract of employment that specifically provides for that, and I highly doubt that, uh, that there is in this case.
0: That's generally what it is with the, with executives, right, and managers. Uh, yeah,
1: managers, right. people, and by the way, just having the title of a manager is not enough. You actually have to be managing people uh, mm-hmm. to be considered a manager. So if if someone calls me a manager but I'm really not, that that doesn't get around overtime. Otherwise, I'd call all my employees managers, uh, and uh, and then not have to pay them overtime. That's not the case. But in this situation. Uh, I think Mike did say that, that his wife was an executive. So that's what makes her exempt from overtime. An excellent little tool we call the severance pay calculator. You've heard of it, John? I have. I've used it. You've used it?
0: So Uh, 49,000 other people.
1: Yes, uh, and and, and number increasing daily. So the severance pay calculator, you heard me mention it at the top of the show. Available online, severancepaycalculator.com. Very, very, very neat little simple tool. And what it does as the name suggests, it it tells you how much severance you're owed if your position is being terminated. Irrespective of whether you're being let go because the company's relocating or or, uh, cutbacks or even maybe the company thinks you did something wrong, it's still going to tell you how much you're owed. So how do you use it? Well, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, there's, a, there's drop-down menus you, menus. you input how long you've worked, your age, the type of job, and then it's going to tell you in, in number of months, six months, 12 months, 24 months, how much severance you're owed. So if you've just been let go, you're looking at a severance offer in front of you that says, okay, we're going to pay you four months severance. You have no clue if that four months is good. Maybe it's awesome. Maybe it's terrible. You, you don't know. Well, now you can find out quickly for free right away within about 30 seconds. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input that information and you get the result. And at least it gives you a frame of reference to understand what you're looking at. Any questions, you can call me right away. You can even contact me directly from that website. So I encourage everyone that either has lost, lost their jobs, is concerned about their job being lost, or maybe you just wanted to know what would happen if uh, you lost your job severancepaycalculator.com
0: and as we uh, wrap it up here in the last uh, few seconds we always mention terminationquestions.com as well people have questions outside of show hours
1: that's right outside outside of show hours not only can you email me my usual email address we always give it here on the show but if you want to ask uh, questions in a more anonymous form uh, terminationquestions.com you can post your questions to that website I will usually answer within a few minutes it's a very very neat tool and you get your answers uh, online it's completely free uh, very very neat we'll do it all again next week my friend another great
0: show employment hour right here you want to uh, contact outside of show hours like we just said 1-855-821-5900 please give leor a call if you need them and leor l-i-o-r at employmenthour.com we'll do it for another week right here on the employment hour on talk radio am 640 and over at am 900 chml